The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages. I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. And we managed to get special guest... On point with Victor here for just a couple of minutes to talk I, about some shootings that I apparently have five, missed out on. Five minutes. I'm going to give you five minutes. But, yeah, Roger, you know, your show, Locked and Loaded, we talk about the Second Amendment. We talk about being able to protect ourselves. Um, and why do we need the Second Amendment? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> there it is. And, and there it is. There it is. So there's a Pizza Hut guy. Uh, I, I believe it was That's the Pizza fine. Hut driver. And he not only protected himself, but he protected the whole delivery store. That's right. Um, That's right. By five, three attackers, I believe he sent one to their dirt nap, and then the other two ran away like the pansies that they were. <laughs> one DRT. <laughs> one of them, DRT, dead right there. Um, and so, uh, you know, I just figured it would be appropriate, Roger, to spend a few minutes to admire. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, you got, what was Pizza Hut's slogan? No one out pizzas the hut. No one out pizzas the hut. Well, no one out shoots the hut. <laughs> apparently, apparently either. Yes. <laughs> you know, I remember, you know, Roger, my first job at 15 years old, 14, 14 years old was at Pizza Hut Delivery, one of the first ones they opened in Atlanta. And you were making pizzas? And, expediting uh, pizzas? I, and then pizzas? I was dry, I was driving pizzas. I was delivering with no license. Oh my god! Yeah, it was hilarious. They had some. Oh, it was so funny. The people who were running this pizza had had no clue. You just forged your paperwork um, to say they, you were sixteen. No, I didn't even do that. They just threw me the keys one day and said, "Hey, can you deliver?" And I said, "Sure, I can." I didn't oh lie god. because I knew how to drive, and I knew the neighborhood, so I just said, "Sure, I can." And it, and it, it, it would, I drove for probably a month delivering pizzas before I got busted by I think it was Gwinnett County cops. <laughs> oh, said, son, where's your license? You, you know what? Though they were the night. I have to say, man, cops back then, because he goes, you know what? I'm not going to write you a ticket or anything because you're trying to make a living. You're actually trying to earn money. Right. And he goes, and that's a great thing. You you keep your job, but. Take the truck back and tell them you can't deliver anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's the way things should so, be handled. And that's like the way that. it should be, absolutely. And that's what I did. I mean, I, now, if you I, were if you I were did. robbing a liquor store and oh, making a right. getaway, then you know you'd so throw here's the here's a sad thing. In today's world, if I were 15, 14, 15, getting caught dri- driving, they would arrest me. But if I were committing a crime, they'd let me go. No, that's right. No, no cash bail. That's right. Be, I, you'd be out. It is ridiculous. But, uh, but hey, kudos to this Pizza Hut driver, not only protecting himself, but protecting the store because these three assailants came up. They wanted to rob him. They wanted to rob the store. And luckily, Has Pizza Hut, you know if they made a statement about it or anything? Are they saying anything? I haven't seen that, but I'll, you know, I'll try to look it up. Because Walgreens had a similar incident some years ago, and they fired, they the, fired employee the employee who I stood know. up for his workers. I know, and I, who defended his I workers. know there was a big backlash there, so I hope they oh, yeah. had to hire him back. I try not um, to go in there if I can help it, but. Let's hope that Pep, you know, I believe Pepsi still owns Pizza Hut, so let's hope they're a smart company. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, he just defended. He should be rewarded. They, right. He should be, Given some type of reward, his picture should go up. They ought to put a picture on the outside of that Pizza Hut says, uh, notice to criminals. <laughs> At least employee of the month. <laughs> employee of the month, employee of the year, 100%. That's right, no doubt. Uh, but then that reminded me, I can't remember when this happened, but it wasn't that long ago, Roger. There was an 80-year-old man who was uh, in a conven- – he ha- owned a convenience store. He's behind the counter, and this car pulls up. Three dudes run in. One of them runs in first, and he's got a, a what, what looks like a, a a assault weapon. What's the Democrats will tell you? Mm. But it's a it's a long range rifle, you know, long, okay. long semi-automatic, semi-automatic rifle. rifle. Yeah. 
points it so he's out he jumps he runs in the store he looks at the now this old 80 years old man is behind the counter and he sees don't this. mess with those old he people sees, they don't have as much to live for oh my gosh here's the great <laughs> thing and they don't give a damn either so the great thing is the guy had cameras so the 80 year old man saw this guy when they saw the car pull up they saw him get the armed men get out of the car so the 80 year old man grabbed his shotgun and he was just holding a shotgun and this guy runs in, and as soon as he pointed the barrel at the 80-year-old man, he lifts the shotgun and blasts Boom. him. And the only thing you hear, and this is on video, <laughs> the only thing you hear, the next thing you hear after the shotgun blast is this dirtbag gangsta wannabe running out to his friends going, He shot my arm off! He shot my arm off! <laughs> And my answer to that is, he should have shot your head off. That's right. You're, you, consider yourself lucky. You got away alive. You're yeah, lucky. Exactly. But I'm telling you, um, I, Roger, I will find the video and I'll send it because maybe this is something we can play during the show next week. Um, but the video, you can hear the guy. <laughs> he shot, he my, shot arm my arm off. He it's, was not happy about and that. that -year -old, so they interviewed him. And the 80-year-old man, he goes, well... I, I, I'm going to protect myself and I'm going to protect my employees. And luckily I was the only one here. And, and, and this guy pointed a gun at me. I'm not going to give him a chance to shoot me. <laughs> that is an American. You don't yep. get more American than that. that well, is why we have a second amendment. There was a show once called Firefly and the captain of the Firefly ship said, oh, where I come from, if someone tries to kill you, you try and kill him right back. Kill him right back. <laughs> Roger. Speaking of Firefly, I saw a, a, some article that said they may bring that show back. Wow, that, so I mean. Either, either a series or a movie. Well, I know they did the final, the they did, movie, right, 10 yeah, years did. after the series. Yeah, 10 years after the series. Because so people had so many so, questions about everything. Yeah. They finally said, let's wrap it all up. And the movie was great. Oh, it was fantastic. If you haven't seen it, uh, look, you need to no, go see it. Yeah, unfortunately, Firefly only the, made one season. One season. But, but it was great. Well, it didn't get a lot of marketing to yeah. get people to watch right, it. Right, right, right. And people started finding it later through mm -hmm. recommendation stuff and it became had a cult following huge. after that. It's it's still huge and the movie was huge and now they're talking about uh bringing Bring it back. back. Yep. So let's so hope they do. Boondock Saints took a long time oh, to man. take off. It sure did. But then they brought they had so, so much demand they had a sequel that, 10 years later. That's so true. So Boondock Saints was kind of became a cult underground movie and then 10 years later they made Boondock Saints 2. Fantastic movie. Yeah, they were both Fantastic really. Good. That happens sometimes. We need a Boondocks three. Yeah. Oh yeah. We need a three. Oh, a yeah. double feature: John Wick five and Boondocks oh, three. Absolutely. <laughs> that is a movie night. <laughs> they could even run into each other. <laughs> you know, this is a good. Let's do a, a nice message from Locked and Loaded. If you're um, in a new relationship and you're trying to find a romantic thing to do this weekend, have a movie night and rent <laughs> Boondocks Saints and uh, John Wick. No, no, Deadpool is a romantic and, movie. Right. It but is a if, love story. If, if you're new, it is a love story. <laughs> but if it is a love story, but he wonder, why is he blowing this guy's head off? Why is he off? blowing this guy's head off? Why is he making you know, this guy into a shish kebab? If you've got a new girlfriend and she'll sit through Boondot Saints and sit through John Wick and then stay with you on another date, then you got a good girl. you got to keep her, yep. There you yeah, go. Absolutely. That's All right, Roger, I'm going to leave you with a Pizza Hut shooting and with the old 80-man-year-old shooting. 80-year-old man shooting, yes, okay. That was great. The best part about that, Roger, was that dude running he out of the store. Blew my arm blew my arm off. <laughs> well, you know what? If you don't threaten people like that and threaten yeah. to shoot somebody, you won't get shot. This guy thought he was going to be able to go in and that this 80-year-old man would be a victim because I promise you they cased the store out. They saw that there was an elder man, and they, they took for granted. They just thought, eh, this guy won't fight back. Well, you were wrong. Yep. Yeah, because he, like I say, old, don't mess with old people because they're kind of angry. 
They're a little crotchety. They're a little crotchety, and they're, then and they're, they're also figure they live they live in the old school world. And they're probably a little sore and makes them a little <laughs> a little irritated. So don't come in irritating some older guy because he'll just hey, blow your arm off. David, what would you do to somebody that came in and tried to rob you? <laughs> I don't have to ask David, Mister Army Veteran, what he would do. I promise you that David, you would probably send a send a. Dirt bag to their dirt nap real quick. <laughs> Put them back home. And with precision aim. <laughs> That's right. That's the thing. You know, training helps. Yeah. And every bit makes a difference. And this guy, apparently I, with a shotgun, you don't need quite as much I, training. I, you don't with a shotgun. I bet you Legendary Dave would would be so crass as to use a 1911 and do it right. Yeah. <laughs> Why a 45? Because they don't make a 46. Because they don't make a 46. <laughs> All right, that was fun, Roger. I got some. All right, yeah, get out. Go ahead. Take off. Uh, you guys have a great one. All right, maybe we'll get you next week. Yes. But until then, we're going to cover some other gun stories. Now, like Vic was saying, I just got back from a visit to New York City, and that was pretty eye-opening. It was pretty amazing because um, everyone was complaining about crime and this and that, yet we walked around a lot of neighborhoods in Manhattan and Queens and didn't really see that much going on. But everyone's aware of it. You can tell we're bringing some stuff to a relative and we had it, we're bringing it up to her apartment and she says, Oh, don't leave it outside. It'll be gone before you know it. You know, before you can climb up the stairs and come back down, somebody will, will take it. She goes, they get packages stolen all the time if they're left outside the main door. And of course, everybody has these high security buildings. Even if they're older buildings, they have to, you have to buzz to get in and stuff like that. While here, um, where I am over in Georgia, you don't see as much of that. Sometimes you have gated communities and apartments and stuff, but you rarely have buildings that are, um, you know, locked in from the inside out unless they're downtown. Then sometimes they have some door people or higher security down there. But around here, not as big of a deal. But there, everywhere you go, everybody locks up everything, secures everything, alarms everything, because people will take advantage of crimes of opportunity. Like I said, I didn't hear about a lot of violent crime, but I did hear about a lot of crime of opportunity. If you leave stuff out, if you leave it unlocked, if you leave it within reach, leave it overnight somewhere, people will steal whatever's not locked down, which is kind of bad because when they know what's somebody going to do if they catch them. The number of people who hold gun permits in New York is extremely low because you have to have permission from your local county or government to even apply for a gun permit. And in order to get a carry permit is ridiculously hard. You have to show reason, which, you know, if you look at the Constitution, it says shall not be infringed. Forcing somebody to show you a reason why they should exercise their right to carry a weapon seems completely unconstitutional. In fact, we actually went to a gun store while I was up there. I went to look around a little bit. And I was looking at some of the restricted semi-automatics they had and things they had to do that made them look really goofy, uncomfortable, and actually, to me, look more like more of a hazard. They made them look more hazardous to use, less accurate. And, you know, the whole idea is to make things more efficient. They were making things less efficient and harder to use, which to me would cause more accidents, have more problems, and do more harm than good. But that's how these idiot anti-gun people think you know oh you need to make it look like this so it can't be as dangerous it's like so you're going to make it harder to use more difficult to aim and you're going to make it less effective so when you have people shooting 
and things go wrong, it's going to be because of the ridiculous things they make them do to some of these weapons to make them, quote-unquote, legal. Less accurate, less comfortable, harder to handle, easier to have an accident with. But they think that's safer. So some of their, in fact, the New York police for the longest time had a 10-pound trigger pull on the Glocks that they were using in New York City. Now, granted, average trigger pull on a Glock from out of the factory is, I want to say, like 5 pounds. They doubled that with the springs inside to double the trigger pull to 10 pounds to make sure there's no accidental discharge or negligent discharges. It's like, you know, if you train these people, keep your finger off the trigger till you're ready to shoot, that would eliminate almost all of those. But apparently the New York police are just too dumb to know. Don't put your finger on the trigger until you're ready. And by then, you're pulling a 10-pound trigger. The chance of you hitting anything, pulling a 10-pound trigger on a 2-pound gun... Is just it's ridiculously hard to maintain your aim. Even the standard Glock at between four and a half and five pounds is heavy, but it's fairly smooth and you can make that work. But that's why one of the first things most people do on a Glock weapon is to change the disconnector to a three and a half pound because that makes it much more manageable, much easier to shoot accurately. Because what's the point of a gun? To shoot it in the direction you want to shoot it, to be able to aim it and hit your targets accurately. Putting a 10 pound trigger on a gun is ridiculous. It doesn't add to safety. It adds to the potential to miss. Add so much to that, but yet that's what they think is safer because these idiots don't know anything about guns. So anyway, we were in a gun store. I was with a, a local resident there. Actually, I was, I was visiting Mark the Shark. You'll hear him on Fridays. You hear Mark the Shark, um, what is it, Bite of Reality at 12 o'clock on Fridays right here on America's Web Radio. And I was visiting him up in New York, and we went to a gun store to kind of browse a little bit and see... And he's thinking about, uh, so I asked about, I asked the guy behind the counter, I said, okay, what's the procedure? I'm not from here. I want to know what it takes to get a gun in New York. He goes, well, the shotgun, you fill out the forms, you wait 10 days, 14 days, you come pick it up. He goes, if you want a semi-automatic rifle or a handgun of any type, it requires a special permit just to buy it. I'm not saying to carry it. This does not mean, this is not a carry permit. It is strictly a purchase permit. And this per- permit requires a form to be filled out. It's probably 20, 30 pages long. You have to have references from four people who live in your county to say you're a good person. They have to be upstanding people as well. And you cannot use law enforcement on any of these. No active law enforcement can be one of your um, references. So I basically you have to have four people who live in your county who you've known for more than a year to say that you're a person who they believe could be okay by owning a, a gun. And then you file this form, this 20, 30-page form, with a $200 fee just in order to be considered to be able to purchase a handgun or semi-automatic rifle. Now, that cracks me up because I'm going, imagine if they did this with any other constitutional right. Imagine you went, okay, you want freedom of speech? Fine. But you have to apply for a speech permit, which is a 30-page application. We need references. We need a $200 fee to process this before you're allowed to have free speech or before you're allowed to exercise the right to assemble. You can't meet with more than so many people unless you have a permit, which is a $200 requirement. And yet... In the Constitution, there is no right to vote. So all these people voting, imagine if they put a tax on your voting. <laughs> yeah, imagine imagine how much uh, pudding that would stir up to have 
you pay a $200 fee in order to get a permit to be able to exercise your responsibility to vote. And notice I said responsibility and not right because in the Constitution, there is no right to vote. You are not granted the right to vote. The only thing you are granted is not to be discriminated against if there is an election where you are allowed to vote. They cannot discriminate you based on race, gender, uh, sexual preference. And there's a list of things that they cannot discriminate against you for. Unfortunately, being an illegal alien, not necessarily one of those things in a lot of states. But imagine if they charge people to vote. They had a, in order to exercise your responsibility of votership, you had to pay a $200 fee. And that was good for so long. I think in New York, once you get the pistol permit or pistol buying permit, you're allowed to buy whatever you want for quite a while. I don't know how long it lasts. I'd have to get more information on that. So we're, we're in the gun store and he's thinking about buying something. He's getting his form. He said, I got my form already printed. I've been filling it out. Then we go to the gun store and we said, we'll go look at a few things. Apparently in New York, you cannot even handle a pistol of any kind unless you have that permit previous to that. You can't even look at one. You can't touch it. You can't hold it. You can only look at it through the glass. <laughs> And, of course, you know, being from Georgia, that just struck me as ridiculously restrictive. I mean, even if you're an upstanding citizen and you have perfect, you know, no criminal record whatsoever, without that permit, you cannot even touch a gun, which would mean to me that if I guess if you went to a range, you couldn't even shoot one if it belongs to somebody else without having a permit yourself. Now, I don't know how they do that, if they allow people to go with people to the range. You obviously couldn't rent a gun from a range without having this pistol permit if they won't even let you hold one in a gun store. And yet it says clearly, the right to keep and bar, bear arms shall not be infringed, and yet New York is infringing all over this. Completely illegal laws passed to restrict people from not even owning, but looking at one. You can't even handle one in a gun store without having your permit, a $200 fee to apply for the permit. That does not guarantee that you will get it either. So, you know, it's it's expensive to exercise your Second Amendment rights. And apparently it's now is it still a right if you have to pay for it? Or is that a or has that become a privilege? Have they turned the Second Amendment right in New York into a privilege by making you pay for a permit to be able to exercise this right? I don't know of any other right that's guaranteed in the Constitution that you have to pay to exercise. If there is someone, let me know. You can send me an email at roger at americaswebradio.com and you let me know if there's anything else you can think of that's a constitutionally guaranteed right that you have to pay to have a permit to exercise that right. It's just, it's so backwards. It's so construed. It's ridiculous that they have all these restrictions on something that is supposed to be guaranteed by our founding document, by our founding fathers and the document they signed to found this country with. It just, it irritates me. And people let the politicians get away with this. But yet, if you look at any politician, I'm sure they have their friends give them gun permits whenever they want. Their bodyguards can probably get whatever gun permits they want, regardless of their previous criminal history. It's just, you know, and they wonder why people resent this so much. It's because you have this right guaranteed to you, and they're just willing to stomp all over it and then charge you money to exercise your rights. I'm surprised that, I mean, now this is coming under scrutiny now. In New York, especially with the permits, 
the fact that they were a sha- uh, may issue state, meaning you had to prove who you were or why you needed it. You had to say, well, I need this right because whatever. Could you imagine having to go to vote and say, well, I want to vote because of this, and you had to give them a valid reason for being there to vote, or you had to give them a valid reason for them to provide you illegal search and seizure procedures. Oh, well, you know, that doesn't apply here. We're going to do what we want to do because your rights don't matter in the Constitution anymore. But like I say, the New York, um, the judges in New York have have softened on this and they're pushing for more rights for New Yorkers. Now they can get a permit, supposedly, if they just apply and don't have any previous record or anything that would prevent them from getting a permit. You don't have to prove why you need to exercise this right. You just have to prove that you're not a criminal, which is fair. You know, I understand we're not just going to hand out guns to everybody who walks in the country. Obviously, that's not a feasible thing to do. Not going to work like that. But once you're a citizen of good standing, there should be no reason why you can't exercise your Second Amendment rights. No reason whatsoever. And too many states have too many restrictions that violate the Second Amendment. And judges need to realize, as long as the Second Amendment stands and is in force, there should be no unreasonable restrictions. Just like there should be no unreasonable search and seizures, there should be no unreasonable restrictions on your constitutionally guaranteed right to keep and bear arms. But we'll have to see how that pans out in New York. Hopefully, they'll get softened up a little bit. Right now, I think they're down to a seven-round restriction on magazines. And since most guns don't have a seven-round magazine available, they say you can have a ten-round magazine, but it can only be loaded to seven rounds. (laughs) <laughs> now, I wonder if that means you could have a 15-round magazine and only load it to seven rounds. It's just, it's so screwy, the, the restrictions they put on this stuff. And I would love to see every politician in New York have to undergo the same scrutiny to even hold office. Yeah, why don't we make politicians pay huge fees just to be able to register to run for office? Now, I know there usually are fees to register for that. And it seems, I mean, supposedly those are ballot fees. To be able to print your name on the ballot, you have to pay for that. And granted, you get other people to help you out. Now, I wonder if you could get sponsored. Like if you lived in an apartment building and you were willing to be the one to carry a gun every day, if you could get sponsored by the local people in your apartment building to be the guy to carry the gun. Yeah, they probably have a problem with that. But, yeah, imagine having to prove that you're not a person, that you're not a criminal. I thought we were supposed to be in this country innocent till proven guilty. In New York, you're guilty until you can prove yourself innocent. And proven that you don't have, I don't know, bad character, I guess. I mean, because you can have zero criminal record and your neighbors cannot like you and they can not want to say that you should have one, a gun. That's up to you. Now, recently in Illinois, I don't know how many of you are familiar with the time. There was a time, uh, it was a few years, a couple of years ago maybe in California where a judge ruled against the magazine restriction in California And for one entire week, seven glorious days, California experienced Freedom Week, where they shipped 1.4 million high-capacity, well, standard-capacity magazines to California because there were no restrictions for that one-week period of time. And those who knew better took full advantage of that, ordered magazines by the dozens, by the hundreds, whatever they could get. They bought them up in force. Like I said, I think they find one of the numbers I saw during that time period was 1.4 million 
standard capacity magazines shipped to California in one week. So you can imagine, had it been a month and more people found out about it, oh my God, it would have been amazing. They would have had, you know, tens of millions of magazines shipped to California. No magazine manufacturer would have been able to keep up with the demand from any other state. And that would be fair. You know, unless you were under this restriction, you could wait another week or two weeks or even a month to get your magazines. Because these guys are, the people in California were limited by this, this knocking down of this rule. And it turned out to be only temporary. Because in a week, another judge granted a, a basically a stay on this particular law where they were allowed to restrict the magazines once again to 10 rounds. However, during that time period, so many were sold that now anybody who has high capacity magazines in California can claim they bought them during that time period. And there's no way for the state government to prove otherwise, you know, unless they find a receipt in their car saying they bought it at a different time. All they have to do is claim it was bought during that particular time, which has happened and has held up. So that was something to consider, too. If you're in California, if you and all you had to do is order them. You did not have to receive them during that one-week period. You had to have an order and basically a confirmation on what was ordered in your hand, and anything you got after that was considered purchased on in, during that one-week period. Because a lot of manufacturers were, you know, they were slammed. They were emptying out warehouses, emptying out uh, stockpiles to fill these orders in California. When they ran out, they could still send them a confirmation of the order, and that was enough to be able to still get a magazine in California of a standard capacity. Now what's happened is in Illinois, where would that go? Oh, yes. A federal judge has granted an injunction against the assault weapons and magazine ban in Illinois. Now, Illinois is one of those super restrictive states. I believe they have a 10-round magazine limit, and you can't have anything that they call an assault rifle, which, of course... <coughs> is a made-up term by the media anyway. And even if it's not, if in actual weapon terms, uh, an assault rifle is considered fully automatic selectable. Select fire, fully automatic capability. You do not buy those at the local gun store. Almost all of those are in the hands of collectors. And they're really expensive, and not everyone can just go buy one. You need a federal permit to own an assault rifle. But their military-style rifle ban was put under scrutiny. They filed an injunction against them being able to enforce this. Now, this was at the uh, – this actually, yeah, it was reported at the end of last week. So he granted a preliminary injunction against the enforcement of Illinois' ban on so-called assault weapons and large-capacity magazines. What did this mean? This means anybody who was in Illinois had the right to purchase, own, and possess firearms that they may use for self-defense. And, again, that came down to a one core decision. If it was in common use was a phrase that they used. And since the AR-15 is the most commonly owned rifle in the United States, that would be in common use. So, granted, every gun store... There's actually, I saw a couple of, uh, tweets from a couple of gun stores saying, bear with us. We're trying to get as many people, sir, you know, taken care of as we can. We're shutting down our gun purchase sales at 430 to be able to service everybody who's already here. 
They had lines wrapped around the building of people waiting to purchase these guns. And again, I think if it was purchased legally, you didn't have to take possession of it because they still have a waiting period. So these stores had plenty of time to order whatever inventory they could, fill orders, and they could sell as many as they could during that time period. I guess as long as they were able to fulfill the order, it counted, which was great. Because that means all these people in Illinois who couldn't have anything with more than 15 rounds, or was it 10 or 15? I think it's 15, it might be 15 in Illinois. But anyway, it's just all that went away. And so, as far as I know, it's still available now. They have not reversed this decision yet. Now, I don't know how long this is going to last for. You know, it'd be great if they get at least several months out of it before it's questions or if it just stands and that assault rifle ban and the magazine restrictions are eliminated and we go back to Second Amendment rights as they were meant to be exercised. That would be something that would make Illinois very happy, I'm sure. <laughs> well, n- n- not the people in charge of gun restrictions. They would absolutely hate that. But the citizens who have to put up with dangerous conditions from gangsters carrying illegal weapons can't defend themselves against um, criminals day in and day out, and their neighborhoods are being threatened. The cops are not enforcing the law like they should because they're afraid they'll get in trouble if they end up getting in a confrontation with somebody who has an illegal weapon. It's just, you know, they've, they've, they've hogtied the police to where they can't do what they're supposed to do. They can't serve and protect without this, this right. But they're taking that away from them. They're scrutinizing them so much on anything they do, whether it's legal or not. And they're punishing the cops for even when they do make the right decisions. All right. We're going to have to take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. I am Roger B and you're listening to Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. Hello. I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. Hey, folks, this is Victor with the On Point with Victor show. Make sure you listen every Tuesday, 1 to 2, only right here on America's Web Radio, the On Point with Victor show. Remember, folks, I'm not angry. I'm just right, and you can find out why every Tuesday from 1 to 2, the On Point with Victor show, only right here on America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry about that. I was reading through an article. But, um, okay, we're back to Illinois. Now, this was an interesting argument that they made in court apparently you know they've they've eliminated the restriction on large capacity magazines or as i call them standard capacity magazines and any military styled rifles not assault rifles military styled rifles putting racing stripes on your toyota camry does not make it a race car putting a pistol grip on your semi-automatic rifle does not make it an assault weapon sorry but they were arguing that the semi-automatic weapons or large capacity magazines were in common use when the Second Amendment and 14th Amendments were ratified. Now, imagine using that argument for freedom of speech, for freedom of assembly. You would not be allowed to express an opinion or have freedom of speech on the radio, on the Internet, on television, anywhere other than if it was a printed Press. I mean, a printing press. It says freedom of the press, meaning printing press, which means if you printed something on a on a copier, that would not be covered by the First Amendment if they go back and enforce what was only available when these amendments were ratified. That is so ridiculous. 
it's funny how they want to apply all that stuff. All the new modern technology is fine under the First Amendment, but none of it is supposed to apply during the Second Amendment. Which it's just it's a ridiculous argument that makes no sense whatsoever because they had repeating weapons available in the 1700s. They were not unheard of. Granted, they were somewhat rare and unusual, but they were there. They were capable. There was weapons made before any of these laws were passed, which enabled people to have multiple firings, have guns that were capable of firing multiple bullets one after the other. Now, we are restricted in the fact you can only have one trigger pull or one action per round fired. Now, there have been people who have taken this to read, and that's why the bump stocks got disabled, because it was actually one action, but once it started moving, they said it was considered one action, so they took them out. Now, granted, bump stocks were never that accurate or that... uh much of a problem. I think there was one guy in Vegas who did the shooting at the concert. He had a bump stock on several of his weapons. Now, they never confirmed whether he used any of the weapons with the bump stocks when he was firing into the crowd. Because to be honest, I have used one of these bump stocks before. They do require a lot of getting used to, and even once you're used to them, they're very difficult to fire accurately. They're fun if you just want to pop off a bunch of rounds downrange or close to onrange, close to downrange, because like I say, the accuracy is very questionable on a bump stock. So be aware of that. And granted, it should not have been restricted after it was allowed to be sold. The ATF has gone back and forth on so many rules. They're changing things day in and day out, just trying to make more law-abiding citizens into criminals. The latest one is with the pistol, uh, the pistol braces. And this was another thing in Illinois. That restriction was knocked down also because you couldn't own anything with a pistol brace in Illinois until this past week. Pistol braces, standard capacity magazines, military-styled weapons were all legal as of now. As far as I know, they have not repealed this yet or got a judge to reverse the decision. And until it gets reversed, this will be legal for everybody in Illinois. Now, if you're in Illinois, step up, buy as many magazines as you can, buy as many military-styled weapons as you can, because from what I understand, once they are with they are legally purchased, then there'll be no way to restrict them on a state level because they were purchased during a legal time. And that precedent has been set in California. Now, I don't know if they'll still honor that. They may pass some new law restricting it and have it not challenged. But again, same thing with the pistol braces. For years, I think it's more than a dozen years, the ATF had no problem with pistol braces. You were allowed to own them, possess them, use them, no problems. Now they're saying if you have a pistol brace on anything, it must be registered as a short barrel rifle. Now there's no fee for this, but you have to undergo, you have to go through the procedure of filing it all in, but you do not have to pay the $200 tax stamp that is normally required to have a short barrel rifle. So they're giving you the registration for free. Now, I've heard people who are more knowledgeable than myself talk about there are several lawsuits filed against the ATF right now to reverse this decision. And apparently there's a few congressmen and senators in, in the in the Senate and Congress who are willing to listen to this argument in order to get this ruling overturned. Because these have been legal for over a dozen years, and they're guessing approximately 30 to 50 million of these are in circulation right now. Now, 50 million, that's like, what is that? Uh, out of 350 million people, 50 million of these are out there. 
That's a huge percentage of Americans that can be turned into felons overnight if they don't do something about these pistol braces. Now, they may get it to go through. There's a, I think there's a time limit. I think it's coming up. We may have already approached it. And if you don't register these in a certain time period, then supposedly they'll be illegal. You'll be accused of a felony charge of having a weapon that's not legal in the United States or without registration legal in the U.S. And I don't know what the numbers are as far as how many people have registered these, if they're getting a lot of people to register them or not. I don't know what to tell you on this. If you haven't registered, I think you can still do it until the end of this month. But if you have not done it and you don't plan on doing it, there's lawsuits pending to try and reverse this decision. And if it does get reversed, then it will go back to normal. And I don't know what will be the case with registered weapons. If they're registered as short-barreled rifles, I'd imagine you could put whatever kind of stock you want on it because it would still fall under that restriction and you wouldn't have to keep the pistol brace on there. I don't know. I, I have to. I have to try. And I've read a little bit of it, but it's so convoluted and so ridiculously complicated. And, and that's exactly what they want. They don't want you to be able to figure anything out. They don't want you to be able to answer your own questions. So so far in Illinois, this is going on, and there's people rushing to gun stores. And of course, when they rush to gun stores, what do they want? They want military-style rifles. They want standard-capacity magazines. And that set off an impact, they said, as of late Friday, the injunction in place. Gun shops around the state were free to sell modern sporting rifles and magazines that had been off limits to most gun owners since the ban was enacted. And the gun store owners recorded huge crowds throughout the weekend. <laughs> I thought that that is fantastic. He said his phones lit up like a Christmas tree as soon as the news got out. Within 15 minutes, they said people were coming in, and there was a line outside the door before he could open up in the morning. And he said, no lunch for anybody today. We're going to bring some stuff in because we'll be going nonstop all day as late as we can get people to work. And he said he was overjoyed when he got the word of the ruling through the Trump-appointed U.S. District Judge Stephen McGlynn. And that's, I mean, that's the way it should be. Constitutional rights should not be able to be restricted by states. Or constitutional laws should not be able to be modified by states. If it's federal law first, then state law, then county, then city, then, you know, municipal areas, there's a, there's an order, the pecking order in which laws hold precedent over others or hold statute over others that has to be paid attention to. And unfortunately, this last probably 20 years, that has fallen apart. All these people ignoring immigration laws, even though the federal law clearly states you cannot have somebody here illegally be able to work, get a license, rent a, a place to stay without the proper documentation. These states are ignoring it and there's letting it go and the federal government's not doing anything to enforce it. Also with marijuana laws or THC laws, they're allowing all these states to sell whatever they want as far as marijuana products or THC products with no restriction. The government's not shutting down any of these dispenser, dispensaries. They're not doing any of that. In fact, like I said, just came back from New York, and New York is one of those states that has decriminalized marijuana. And I happened to be there at one of the big George Washington Park over the, what would you call it, the 420 holiday, April 20th considered a holiday by some who want to celebrate their freedom of being able to use marijuana products. 
And it was amazing. Everywhere I went in New York, every subway station, every train station, you could get a contact high everywhere. You could smell it all, walking down the street in Manhattan. You could smell it wafting through the air. <laughs> it was funny because there were no restrictions. People were just sitting on the sidewalk, smoking whatever they wanted to with no restriction whatsoever. Even though marijuana is still a controlled substance according to federal law, these people, because New York law was changed and the federal law, federal agencies are not enforcing laws in these states anymore, you know, it kind of, everything kind of falls apart now. And I'm not saying I stand one way or the other on marijuana. I mean, I'm more of a libertarian. Do what you want to do. As long as you don't endanger my right to do what I want to do. If you're going to get high, don't get behind the wheel. Don't drive while you're doing that. Don't endanger my life because you decide that you want to smoke something, drink something, whatever it is, eat something that has some sort of mind-altering drug in it. If you do that, fine. Stay home till it wears off, then do whatever you want. But don't go out and get drunk and drive around. That's not That infringes on other people's rights when you're driving impaired. But, yeah, if you want to do it, by all means, go right ahead. I have no issue with that at all. As a libertarian, uh, the government should have no issues as to what you can smoke or harm yourself. However, if you are a smoker of any kind, don't come and expect the federal government to pay for your health care when you damage your lungs through pulling in combusted materials. And there are ways around that now, too. Most THC products come in candy or cookies or, you know, gummies or brownies or whatever kind of potato chips, olive oil. There's all kinds of things that you can get infused with with a marijuana product, and they will not be as harmful as smoking. Smoking is probably one of the worst things you can do to your body. So just keep that in mind if you're going to indulge in that. Now, of course, more and more states are coming online with this decriminalization. In fact, when Trump was president, he even said, you get me the law to decriminalize this or, or take it off the controlled substance list, I'll sign it. He was willing to let it be legal throughout the United States. But now the Democrats are back in office and they want to have control over everybody's life and every aspect of it. And they're not even talking about that anymore. Now, I really think this is going to come to fruition soon. And that would bring up another issue with the guns. Because right now, even if you have a marijuana card, if you have full legal rights to have marijuana in any state, you give up your right to purchase a gun. Because on the gun purchasing form, the federal form, the 4473, I believe it is, you fill that out, they have a question about marijuana products. If you are a cardholder, does not matter. If you are a regular user of any type, you are restricted from being able to purchase a weapon. Now, if they make it legal, I guess they'll have to change that because they don't ask you about alcohol use. You know, you can, you can be a, a stone cold drunk every day of the week and still be able to buy a gun. Now, granted, if a store owner sees you come in drunk and try and buy a weapon, it would be in his best interest to not sell you one. And that's at his discretion. Most dealers have that right of discretion. If they deem something seems suspicious, if they think there's some sort of problem, if they don't think you're in a right state of mind, they can, they can refuse a sale at that moment. Now, you can come back and ask to be checked again or have the background check come back, see if you still qualify. 
and then you can argue with them on that point. But usually the federal government will stand with the dealer if he feels there's some reason you should not be able to, to purchase a weapon at that point in time. Granted, if you're intoxicated, that's an automatic no. And I mean intoxicated in any way. That's an automatic no for the gun dealer. If you tell the gun dealer you're buying it for somebody else, that's an automatic no. That's admitting to a straw purchase, and you're not allowed to do that. The only case where that could possibly be allowed is if a family member is buying a weapon for a minor who is in the house living with them, and they are going to be trained in its use. Now, theoretically, the purchaser will be the owner of the weapon. Even if he wants to give Billy a twenty-two for Christmas, it will still be the purchaser's responsibility as to how that weapon is used and how the miner is to use it. So, But that's about the only case where you could actually say you're buying it for somebody else and probably still be allowed to buy it. Any other time, it's considered a straw purchase, and you're not allowed to buy a weapon for anybody else. You know, it's just, it's not allowed. And it's weird because I know a lot of people would do that with gifts. They would gift people guns and stuff. And most states require some sort of transfer or some people just require them to know that they're of legal residency of that state. I know a lot of times when they used to allow gun sales on Facebook, you could meet somebody and they would just ask to get a glance of your permit. And if you had a carry permit in any state, it means you had a federal background check performed. The FBI has approved you to get a gun permit, and this was okay. And they were allowing this for sales outside of gun stores. Now, that, of course, is the responsibility of the seller to make sure the person is a legal resident of the state if they have that law available to them. Some states, you have to go transfer everything through a formal dealer in order to transfer a weapon. I believe California, New York, New Jersey, Washington, Oregon, any of the very restrictive states, Illinois, you must go through a dealer to transfer any weapon ownership, which, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world. You know, that's you still, as long as you still have the right to own it and you have the right to purchase it, that should not be a problem for anybody who's legitimate. That's why this thing in Illinois is just, it's hilarious that they're they repealed this and people are just lining up to get a piece of this action and the same thing happened in california now the one in california was pulled back on they allowed them to temporarily put it back in place until they hammer it out and it looks like when they get a full i forget what they call it with all the judges and a district court come to meeting a lot of times they can do it with just a partial court meeting they make a judgment and it stands until somebody challenges it. And in California, they challenged the decision by Judge Benitez. He was the one who said, oh, this is restrictive. This violates the Second Amendment. This is gone. And for one glorious week, they had Freedom Week. So people were in California to be able to do it. Now, so far, this has not been pulled back on in Illinois. And I don't know if the the state's going to come up and start trying to push back on this, if they're going to try and stop it, or they're just going to let it go. Or if they're going to try and pass some new laws, I don't know how this is going to work. But it's going to be interesting, you know, to see if this keeps going. I mean, people were buying all kinds of weapons that they couldn't have for years. So, or they wanted them to register these weapons. Now, gun registration is supposed to be illegal unless it's a federally restricted gun. Semi, it's a fully automatic, it's a suppressor, it's a short barrel rifle, short barrel shotgun of some type. Those, you have to have federal permission to own those, and that's a little different story. But with anything else, most states 
have no restrictions other than you be legally allowed to purchase a gun in that state. And if that holds true, there should be no restrictions on what you can have. Now, the government does keep track if you purchase more than one weapon at a time on the federal forms within one week. So if you're buying three kids 22s for Christmas, you will definitely be, that will throw a hit to the federal uh, background check information services. They will have that information on file that you purchased more than one weapon. Now, if they see, you know, Black Friday, you're purchasing three twenty-two rifles and you happen to have three kids or four kids, they're going to go, okay, they kind of know what's going on there. But still, it will be reported as being more than one gun purchased within a week. So, and of course, the gun control groups in Springfield went crazy. This is, oh, this is terrible. We're going to have shootings in the streets. We're going to have, you know, it's going to be, oh, it's going to be horrible. We're going to have massacres everywhere. So far, though, no massacres other than typical gang members blasting each other up on a standard weekend with illegal weapons. I just don't understand how these people can realize they're giving the criminals every advantage here. You're giving criminals... Because they're not going to follow the law. If you were a law-abiding citizen, you were respecting your state's laws that took these guns out of the hands of everybody. Well, everybody who's legally following the law. All the illegal people, they don't care. They don't follow laws anyway. They're just looking to break the law. And I don't know what the rules are in getting parts in Illinois. If you can buy your lower receivers, get the gun, and then finish it out later however you want. And I'm not sure if they're allowing you to pre-purchase things. But apparently that's what it looks like. You can pre-purchase and get it later, and it'll still fall under this unrestricted time period. Now, I'm curious to see how long this is going to go on for. Because if it's more than a, a few weeks or a few months, there's no excuse for anybody in Illinois who ever wanted to have a weapon that held more than 15 rounds or have a semi-automatic rifle of any type. Now would be the time to get one. And understand, you know, tax returns. If you haven't got your tax return back, file it. If you're late, file it now. Get it back. Because I think that was, yeah, the 15th, 18th of last month was tax day. So hopefully you get a check back from the government. If you're in Illinois, I would argue this could be one of the best purchases that you could get. Because if they do put this restriction back in place, but everyone who purchases during this time period is under is grandfathered in or has a grandfather clause, which it would be hard for them to back that up, although they have tried to register semi-automatic weapons in other states like Connecticut. They wanted you to register everything, whether it was purchased any other time or not. They changed the regulation on those weapons. And that, of course, is something that would fall under, you know, under the law. They would probably argue that because apparently in Connecticut, very few people registered their weapons based on the percentage of people that had them. And again, noncompliance is a perfect way to protest. You can march in the street, you can block traffic, but if you just don't comply with illegal laws or illegal requirements, that's the best way to stand up for yourself in some places. Now, granted, you don't want to be the one they make an example of. And if they decide to, they're going to pick people who cannot defend themselves in court, who will not have a ton of money to spend because they want to put these laws back in place. They want to push for restrictions. They do not want to give you freedoms. Most state governments seem to be more restrictive than ever before, especially in these largely liberal-run states. 
they tend to want to be in control of every aspect of your life. And one of them is lowering money they spend on the police and then lowering your ability to buy effective weapons to defend yourself with. And I guarantee you every politician in Illinois either has a weapon, has access to a weapon, has bodyguards who have weapons, live in places where they have armed guards, they are not going to suffer. You are going to suffer if you live on your own in these restricted states or these these anti-gun states. You're going to be the one who's going to suffer. And I always say it. I said, you have to learn to be your own first responder. You know, when seconds count, cops are minutes away. Who's going to protect your family, your wife, yourself, your dog, your household, your property? Who's going to defend them when the cops can't come or when things get too bad and there's not enough of them or they get restricted so bad they're not allowed to come help you? Who's going to be there to take care of yourself and your family? It's got to fall on you. And if you have any inclination to do this for yourself, your family, your property, your friends, your neighbors, if you want to be the guy who they fall back on if they stand up for and they need you to stand up for them that is a great thing to do you know militias originally were just people citizens of an area who decided to stand up for themselves and that's what they are now the left will try and tell you oh no militia means military it does not it is not the same word and there's a reason why because militia is normal everyday people who are not in the military just because it sounds like it doesn't mean it's the same. So don't be taken in by this militia business or this militia bull squeeze. Militia are people, citizens who are not in the military, who can be called upon to fight for their state, their county, their country. Now, granted, it's been organized a little more since then. We have the National Guard set up. Any person of a state who can legally join can join and defend their state. Now, you're generally at the behest of your state governor in these cases and it's rare that you're called out to actually defend the state but you are called out to help keep law and order at some point in time and this is something you can consider also if you have the time to put into it being part of a national guard is a great way to exercise your right to be in a militia and they'll tell you it's part of the military and there is certain aspects of it that the government controls but most militias, militia is just people willing to stand up for themselves. If you want to stand up for yourself, you are in a militia. If you have more than two people doing it. And there are some states that have required everybody over the age of 18 is automatically in a militia in that state. I think that was Missouri or Kansas that did that. Now granted, there are no requirements for this. You just turn 18, you automatically become part of the state militia. It just happens. You don't have to buy a gun. You don't have to learn how to use a gun. You don't have to do anything different. You're just automatically in the militia. So there's that, too, because they know militia is not military. And don't be taken in by this attempt to confuse people with that. So go out there. If you feel confident to do so, purchase a weapon, learn how to use it, get some ammunition, some holsters, storage boxes, whatever you need to keep that gun safe for yourself and your family. If you have little kids, make sure they do not have access to it. That is a a responsible gun owner will take responsibility for storing his weapon properly. Now, if you live in a house with all adults where everybody's trustworthy, that's up to you how you store it. You know, but keep in mind also, if it's stored out in the open somewhere, if someone was breaking into your house, it would be a high-profile target. People will look for these if they break into your house. So if you do it, store it securely. 
stored in a place where you have access to it. And if you have children, make sure they do not have access to it. That is your responsibility if you have minors in your house. Make sure they do not have access to your weapons. You know, that's just that's just common sense. If you have a five-year-old or six-year-old in the house, you don't give them access to a lighter and matches. Of course not. Because then if they light the house on fire, that's your fault. You gave them access to the, the ability to be able to burn your house down. So don't do that with weapons. Don't do that with matches. Don't do that with broken glass. You know, don't let kids play with glass bottles when they're broken because that's just stupid. So, you know, don't be stupid. It's okay to be ignorant. If you don't know, you don't know. I understand that. But don't be stupid. You know kids should not be able to smoke cigarettes, do drugs, have guns, play with broken glass. So let's keep it under control, people. All right. Until next week, I am Roger B. And you're listening. Oh, oh, i got a couple more minutes. Okay. So go out, spend your tax return, buy a gun, buy the best gun you can buy and still afford ammo for it. Because I want to see everybody have a weapon to defend themselves with, defend their families with, defend their house with. And I would recommend, this is my personal thought, I would have at least three magazines for every semi-automatic weapon. I prefer six, but three at least. And I'd like to see everybody have a 1,000 rounds of ammunition. Now, I know that sounds like a lot, but you know what? Start small. Buy one box a month. Buy two boxes a month. If something goes on sale, get a little extra that month. You know, cut back. Leave one more six-pack at the grocery store one week and get an extra box or two of ammunition. Now, right now, it seems like things have kind of stabilized a little bit with our uh, crime issues. But trust me, it's coming back, and you need to be prepared. So be your own first responder. I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you've been listening to America's Web Radio. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.